چقدر خوبیم ما ایران قصه هست شدن نداره گل برای ایران بوچن نشان بکنه و توی دروازه توی دروازه This is the best place for Iranian pleasure. Welcome and thank you for joining the first episode of Team Ali Radio. My name is Navid. I'll be your host for today. As some of you who may already be following us on Twitter know, we've been doing uh, weekly Twitter spaces where we discuss the recent news and events surrounding Team Ali and get the community together to, to share their thoughts on everything going on leading up to the World Cup. We'll also be doing these periodic podcasts and taking some clips from the Twitter spaces that we've been holding. So if you want to chime in, please do follow us on Twitter, at Team Melly Radio. Join our Twitter space where we'll chat, and we'll also be releasing these podcasts to discuss all the news and events leading up to the World Cup and beyond. Uh, this is our first episode, and as always with Team Melly, there's never a dull moment, and even for... Team Melly, this is an incredibly volatile time. So I thought we'd get, uh, release this first episode and discuss the current state of the team and how we got here, uh, who is to blame, and what's our path forward leading up to the World Cup. Let's start with the current state of the team. For those of you who haven't been following this very closely, I'll take a step back and just give a summary of where things stand as of the time I'm recording it. Who knows by the time you're listening to this, for all I know, the coach of the team could be Miley Kwan or it could be Mourinho. Uh, God knows what's going to happen next. But as of the time that I am speaking right now, Dragan Skocic is the current manager of Team Melly. There are four months left until the World Cup. And Team Melly is drawn with England, the United States, and Wales. Earlier this week, Rumors started to spread in Iranian media that the sport ministry in Iran, which sits above the Football Federation, is putting pressure on the Football Federation to get rid of Dragan Skocic and bring in either a well-renowned European coach or a domestic coach. Following those reports, on what I believe was, I think, uh, Friday in Iran, Sardar Azmoun on his Instagram posted a message that purportedly was speaking on behalf of all of Team Meli. And in the message, Sardar essentially stated that he did not want, and the players did not want, either the sport ministry, Vezarat Tavarzesh, or the Federation to change managers at this time, and any changes should be left after the World Cup. That message was shared by a few of the other players, notably Hossein Kanani, Ali Rezabayranvand, Sadaq Moharami, Shoja Khalilzadeh, along with some others. A few hours after that, a message was posted by Ali Rezabayranvash, essentially stating that Sadar and the rest of the Team Melly players who came out in support of that message were not speaking on behalf of the team and that they had no right to speak on behalf of the team and ignoring the current poor circumstances of the team only exacerbates the issues. So, in summation, you have a coach who is not 
sitting on any type of solid ground. His position is very shaky. And you have a very fractured locker room with half of the team coming out in support of the current manager and the other half at best being quiet and at most all basically asking that he be removed. So that's where that's where we stand as of the time that I am talking right now. And it's a, obviously an extremely negative and volatile situation for a team that is four months out of the World Cup and about to play the best players in the world. And there's a lot of frustration on, on, on the part of Team Melly fans. There's a lot of concern that we could go to the World Cup and essentially get embarrassed if this type of division is not sorted out before the World Cup. So that's where things currently stand. But in order to understand why they stand where they stand today, we have to retrace our steps a little bit and kind of look at the history of how we got here. After Karish's tenure as team manager, which lasted from 2011 to 2019, an eight-year tenure, which is not only unprecedented in Iran, at least from what I know, it's pretty rare to have any national team manager serve for that long. After Karish's tenure, we were led by Mark Wilmots, whose tenure lasted all but four months. He was hired in May of 2019. Sorry, it would have been seven months. May of 2019 to December of 2019. And not only was his reign short, as of December of 2019, Team Melly was on the verge of being losing out on qualification for the 2022 World Cup in the preliminary round. In December of 2019, Team Melly was coming off the loss to Iraq and had to beat Bahrain, Iraq, Cambodia, and Hong Kong in four consecutive matches in order to just qualify for the final round of qualifying. The Federation at the time, after Wilmots had gone, first reached out to Bronko Ivankovic, who wouldn't take the job because Paris police owed him money. Then they reached out to several internal, I mean, domestic candidates. Yahya Golmohamedi, I believe, rejected the job. They reportedly offered the job and it was accepted by Ali Doi only for it to be rejected by folks higher up in the sport ministry. Amir Galanoi was offered and accepted the job, but couldn't take, the, couldn't take it at the time because it was in the middle of the IPL season. So I say all that to say that Dragan Skocic was at the airport after leaving Sanatanaf, was about to leave Iran, but in the current state that the team was in, after the contract dispute with Wilmots, a federation that was broke, a federation that was in a bind, and a, and a team that's on the verge of losing out on even qualifying for the final round, they resorted to a standard IPL manager who at least had some knowledge of Team Melly because at the time Skocic was hired, they thought pre-COVID that a match against Hong Kong was just going to happen a few months later. So that's how Dragan Skocic became the manager of this team, right? He was not the first option after CQ left. He wasn't the second option, the third option, the fourth option, the fifth option, or the sixth option. Dragan Skocic was what I like to call the Chare Nadarim option. And I mean that with all due respect to him individually because he has done his job. And he's a coach who, despite all the vitriol that he's getting from Team LA fans, he deserves respect. And he hasn't done anything to not have us treat him in a respectful way. But the truth was, at the time, you had a federation that was broke, a federation that didn't have time to allow a foreign manager to come in and get to even learn the players' names before the next match. So they went with an option that was there. 
He had spent a lot of time in Iran. He was affordable and he was going to take the job. That's another thing to understand. At the time, Team Ellie needed to defeat Bahrain. In Bahrain, a team that Team Ellie had never beaten in that country. And then they had to beat Iraq. So if you were an up-and-coming manager, or even if you were an established manager, why would you take that job knowing that one tie would eliminate this team and there would not even be a Team Ellie game for three years, right? There wouldn't be anything to play for for another couple of years until the Asian Cup in 2023. So I say all that because a lot of Team Ellie fans take their frustrations out on Dragan Skocic as if Dragan Skocic came with a sledgehammer in the IF, into the IFF office and put a gun to people's heads and forced them to hire him, forced them to call him while he was at the airport to offer him the job. No, none of that happened. The mistake wasn't hiring Dragan Skocic. The mistake was hiring Mark Wilmots. Mark Wilmots and Dragan Skocic are forever going to be linked because the mistake started with Mark Wilmots. And that's where I want to start the second segment is to understand, well, who's to blame for this situation? Mark Wilmots, and this was the mistake number one, Mark Wilmots was not hired on his merits because, frankly, his merits did not deserve him being hired as team melee manager. He had a reign as Belgium manager that was heavily criticized, taking their golden generation, a team that finished third in this last World Cup and not taking them anywhere, failing at the Euros, I think only making the quarterfinals at most of the World Cup. He took a talented Ivory Coast squad, failed to qualify them for the 2018 World Cup. And at the time that he was even hired as Simile Manager, a lot of international independent journalists questioned the hire. The reason Mark Wilmots was brought in was not on his merits. It was because he was the anti-CQ. It was a backlash to CQ's defensive style and it was a backlash to, to the way CQ had interacted with with the football community in Iran and some of that is on CQ some of that is a valid criticism of CQ in the way that he carried himself and some of his temperamental and anger issues and a lot of times where he was speaking out of turn but the federation after CQ's tenure instead of trying to find a coach that could build on that and take this team that was now entering its prime, take this generation that CQ had introduced to Team Ellie and build on it leading up to the World Cup in Latar, took the very superficial position of let's just go find the guy who's the total opposite of CQ. So to highlight what I'm talking about, I want to play you two clips and I apologize in advance if the sound quality of these clips is a little bit subpar, but the first clip is from June of 2019 and it's Ebrahim Shakri, a former player who was at the Federation at the time of the Wilmots hire, bragging about what a great hire the Federation made with Mark Wilmots and how much better he is than CQ. So let's listen to Ebrahim Shakri in June of 2019. آقای ویلموتس من فکر می‌کنم ایشون یک شخصیت کاملاً متفاوت دارن و این چند ماهی رو که ما در خدمت ایشون بودیم کاملاً در چارچوب کار خودشون و مسئولیت‌هاشون حرکت می‌کنن که فکر می‌کنم بسیار نقطه مثبتی هست و این تغییر و تحولی که در فوتبال ما ایجاد کرده من فکر می‌کنم یک شور و نشاطی رو در فکر می‌کنم جامعه فوتبال ما به وجود آورده که همه راضی هستن من فکر می‌کنم ما دیگه الان 
طرفداری رو نداشته باشیم که از سبک بازی ما ناراضی باشه از نوع رفتار آقای کیروش آقای ویلموت ناراضی باشه فکر کنم این بزرگترین دستاورد فدراسیون فوتبال بود و روی این مسئله هم کار شده بود قرارداد قبلی مورد بازبینی قرار گرفت یک تیم روی قرارداد قبلی کار کردن 27 مورد از قرارداد قبلی استخراج شد که ما باید اینا رو ترمیم می‌کردیم اصلاح می‌کردیم و در قرارداد جدید لحاظ می‌کردیم که فکر می‌کنم این اتفاق افتاد در قرارداد جدید و یک اتفاق بسیار بزرگ بودش و خود آقای فیلموتسن باش توجه به شخصیت بزرگی که دارن فکر می‌کنم باعث شده که مردم ما به تیم ملی یک نگاه ویژه‌تری داشته باشند so- For those of you who don't speak Farsi, one of the things Shakuri said in that clip was that because of the great man that Mark Wilmots is and the, his great personality that he has, Team Melly fans can now have a renewed positive outlook on the future of Team Melly because of this great hire that the Federation made. Fast forward six months, and I'm going to play you a clip of the president of that same Federation talking about the same manager after his tenure had now ended. So let's let's listen to what Mehdi Taj now has to say about what Mark Wilmot only six months later. یه باز کنه تیم ملی ما رو وقتی اسم شما مثلا مثلا نمیدونه این تو مثلا تو این تیم بازی میکنه یا تو اون تیم چی شد؟ What happened to شخصیت بزرگ؟ Now for those of you don't speak Farsi that's the president of the federation talking about Mark Wilmots and saying you know there was a slight issue with Mark Wilmots sometimes when you would bring up the name of a player he wouldn't even know what club team they were playing for just let that sink in for a second This is a top 30 national team in the world, a team that was just in the World Cup playing, going head to head against Spain and Portugal, and you brought in a manager that doesn't know what club teams the teams the players are playing for, but you tried to sell them to us as the savior just six months ago. So that's the that's the initial fall, right? That's how we start to go down this path of going from a united team getting four points in the World Cup to the situation we are now. That's mistake number one. And as I said, it's directly tied to Dragan Skocic. So, okay, you make an awful mistake with Mark Wilmots. You don't bring in a manager that you're hiring on, the, on his merits. You bring in someone who's the anti-CQ. And now you're in a bind. You're in a, win, you're in a lose-lose situation. And you have to go to the Chara Nadarim option. And that's Dragan Skocic. So they hire Dragan Skocic. And... I'd like to take a quick look at the man, the teams that this manager that they brought in, the teams that he had managed up to Team Melly, right? So this is a list of the teams managed by Dragan Skocic up until 2020 when he was hired to be Iran's national team manager. Uh, the first team is, I, I'm not great at pronouncing it, it's, it's Rijeka. It's a Croatian team from 2005-2006, one year. Next team is Interblock. It's a Slovenian team for one year. The next team is Al-Arabi for one year. The next team is Al-Nasr, one year. Back to his initial Croatian team for less than a year. Malavon, one year. Fulad, two years. Khune Bekhune, second division in Iran, one year. Sanatanaft, one year. And the next is Iran's national team. And that brings me to mistake number two. Okay, you 
made a mistake with Will Mott's. You misjudged it. It was a bad hire. Mistakes happen. You had to resort to your charter nathering option because you didn't have time. And you brought in Dragan Skocic, who has this issue where he doesn't have much of a resume to fall back on. But you, you believed in him. You hired him. And you made him your manager. So when you know that you have now brought in a manager who is a steep fall from the resume of the manager who these players had spent their entire Team Melly careers under, which which is CQ, you as a competent governing body of a national team should know that you need to overcompensate with your support for this manager because he, out of his own control, does not have much of a resume to fall back on. He's not going to walk into a room and command respect by saying, I've coached at XYZ team. He just doesn't have that. And you still hired him regardless of that. So now it's your job to go above and beyond to sing his praises, to support him, to say, look, despite his resume, we hired him because of XYZ and he's gotten this result. But mistake number two is that this federation has done the opposite of that. At every single step of the way of Dragon Skocic's short tenure as Team Melly manager, they have done everything possible to undermine him. And that started from the first president that he served under, which was Azizi Khadem. After Dragan Skocic went to Bahrain, got the results to save Team Melly from that horrible situation it was in, there were reports that Azizi Khadem went to the locker room and specifically ignored him. Right? Specifically did not congratulate the coach. Shortly after that, uh, Azizi Khadem releases statements thanking everybody, praising every uh, player, thanking God, thanking a bunch of other stuff, but never thanking Skocic for, for, for the work that he did. Now, after Azizi Khadem was removed from his position, Mirshad Madri is, is, is the current caretaker of the Federation. I'm going to play a couple clips directly from him when he's asked about Skocic. Now, to their credit, there have been instances where the current Federation, Majadi and, and, and others in the Federation, have come out and stated that, look, he's our manager. We have a contract with him. He's going to be on, on the bench in the World Cup. We have a contract with him until the end of Asia Cup 2013. But I, if somebody has found it, please send it to me. I have never heard this Federation or the prior Federation president or the one before that say one positive thing about this guy. Again, a guy that you hired with no resume, a guy who you know that the moment things are going to go wrong, the vultures are going to surround him. They have done, instead of even supporting him, they've done everything to undermine him. So let me play a couple of clips that illustrate what I'm talking about here. ولی اولویت خود من و نگاه خود من و اعضای محترم هیئت رئیسه و ارکان فدراسیون این است که اولویت همه ما تیم ملیه و بزرگتر از نام فوتبال کشورمون در بحث ورزشی و فوتبالی نام دیگه‌ای نیست تیم ملی اولویته ما هر کاری رو برای سربلندی فوتبالمون انجام خواهیم داد مخصوصا برای تیم ملیمون ولی تا الان که دارم با شما صحبت می‌کنم ما سرمربیمون قرارداد داره و متحد هستیم به قرارداد با for those of you who don't speak Farsi in that clip, when it's Majidi responding to a question about Skocic's status. And in response, he says, yes, Skocic has a contract and he is our 
manager. However, the first priority is always the national team and nothing is above the national team. Now, you might think I'm, I'm nitpicking here, but what is the second part of that sentence supposed to mean? What, what is the purpose of it? Are you trying to make us read between the lines and are you leaving the door open to, to get rid of them? If so, then go ahead and do it and be quicker about it. If not, and if you are in fact per your other interview, staying with him, then, then why are you including the second part of the sentence? Are you trying to hedge your bets? You, you do realize that the second part of that sentence undermines him. It, it leaves the door open. I'm going to play one more clip here that illustrates what I'm talking about when I say they are undermining their own manager. In an interview with Ferdo Sipur, Skocic says when questioned about the strength of the friendly opponents and potentially ignoring Uruguay because he was afraid of losing his job if he lost to them after playing them in a friendly, Skocic says, no, look, I presented this binder to Mirshad Majedi and, and, and the Federation, which I specifically asked them to play as strong, the strongest teams possible leading up to the World Cup. A month later, even less than a month later, Majedi is now sitting down with Ferdo Sipor himself, and when Ferdo Sipor asks him about this, he says, oh, well, I, I, don't, remember him using, I don't remember him using those words. و در مورد رقبا این خیلی مهمه چون توی رسانه ها زیاد دیدم که میگن من فقط میخوام جون سالم به در ببرم میگفتن اسکوچیچ از رقبای قوی میترسه اینجا نوشتم با کیفیت ترین رقبای ممکن با کیفیت ترین رقبای ممکن این یعنی چی هر تیمی که میخواد با همون بازی کنه برزیل آلمان با کیفیت ترین رقبای ممکن از دلیلش این نبود که مثلا ترسیده باشیده از از چی ترسیده باشم؟ همین الان گفتم بذارید یه بار دیگه تکرار کنم با کیفیت ترین رقبای ممکن میشه این رو به فارسی ترجمه کنی؟ بازی برابر قوی ترین تیم ممکن بس تمومه من آدم ترسویی نیستم حالا من اروگا رو اتفاق حالا با دراگان که صحبت کردم دراگان میگه اولا که میگه من هیچ ترس و عبایی از بازی کردن با تیم‌های بزرگ ندارم گفت شما یه بله. لیستی هم داده گفتم ما با قوی ترین تیم‌های ممکن میخوایم بازی کنیم اینو که تایید میکنید این کلمه ای که حالا دارید قوی ترین بازی میکنیم رو چون دارید حقوقی میپرسید you are sticking with him as your manager. Why are you undermining him in that situation? What difference does it make? Whether he specifically said that to you or whether you, whether you remembered it or not. You are directly contradicting him over a point that at the end of the day isn't, isn't important. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you claiming that he doesn't want to play the strongest teams? If so, then come out and say that. And if that's the case, then fire him. But why are you sticking with him in one way but then undermining him the other way? And I've named these two mistakes which i think go to the heart of why we're in the situation we are but if you look a little bit deeper at the state of the federation you'll understand that technically it's these weren't really mistakes because to say that it's a mistake almost implies that it was unintentional but a lot of this if you look a little bit deeper is intentional and the reason the main reason for me as to why this team is in this is in the state that it's in is because there is infighting and a lot of it at the federation level, which has now unfortunately bled into the actual team itself. As I mentioned earlier, the CQ tenure was unprecedented, not just because of his resume, but because of the length of his tenure. But CQ in his eight years as team Melly manager only had two federation presidents. And those two federation presidents were working together. Uh, Methi Taj, who was the 
president during the second half of CQ's reign was vice president during the first half. So amidst all the criticism and amidst pressure from Reza Ratavazic, the Federation held strong because there was what appeared to be at least some kind of consensus to keep him as the manager. Now, contrast that with what Skocic has had to deal with. He was initially hired with an interim caretaker, uh, a fellow named Bahar Vand, who was the interim caretaker of the Federation. Then Azizi Khadem came. Azizi Khadem was then removed for because of fraud allegations. Now there's another interim manager. And now next month there's going to be another election to elect another president. And it's natural that with all of this infighting and differences of opinions and, and this person wanting this person and this person getting rid of the last person, that this lack of clarity and this everyone hedging their bets and not wanting to tie their wagon to Skocic in a, in a sense, it's natural that it's going to lead to this shaky ground that Team Ali is on. The last clip I want to play is Ferdou Sipor articulating this same point in a much better way than I could in that same interview to Majadi where they are discussing the issues at the Federation. من میگم حالا این چیزایی که شما میگید این بلبشویی که در فدراسیون فوتبال وجود هر کسی به فکر یعنی من اعضای رئیس بیش از اون که به فکر تیم ملی مردم خوشحالی اونا این داستانا باشن فقط و تنها فقط در فکر حفظ صندلیشون بودن این بره برای اون بزنه این بره برای اون پرونده درست کنه این بره برای اون کمیته اخلاق این کارو بکنه این اونو از کنه اون بره رأی فلان هیئت رو بگیره اینه همه درگیری خود شما گفتید که درگیری این بوده اینه اصلا به جای اینکه دغدغه‌شون به واسه مردمی که تنها خوشیشون تنها چیزی که باعث میشه یه ذره تو این شرایط سخت اقتصادی و اجتماعی یه ذره دل خوش بشن تیم ملیشون دیگه این تیم ملیشون قبل به جام جهانی بره سو ایتس ا سیچویشن وئر یو هاو ا فدراسیون دت از کانستانتلی ان فایتینگ وذ ایچ ادر اند دتس دی ریزن وای دس تیم is where it's at. And look, I don't want to depress everybody. I don't I don't want to, you know, be be doom and gloom. There there is a path forward here and the and the path forward is is simple. We can have other episodes and other short spaces where, where we can discuss the taxes whether this guy's better or that guy's better. But one thing to me is clear. Somebody needs to step up in this federation. There needs to be some consensus. All of this infighting needs to stop and they need to come out and support a manager. I don't care who it is anymore. Somebody, we are four months left into the World Cup. A decision needs to be made, and a decision needs to be made soon. And hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, a decision will have been made. We can have other episodes where we talk about CQ or Skocic or Nekunam or Dai or this person, that person to take over. But someone needs to come in and say, "This guy is our manager. Everybody needs to support him." And those who don't can get lost. I don't care if you're Sadar Tarami or Jamash, anybody else. Everybody needs to now get in line. So thank you for indulging me. That's. how we kind of got to get here those are my thoughts we're going to go now to playing some clips to let some other folks um from our twitter spaces share you uh their thoughts let's go to that now first let's go to nasser for his thoughts on the current situation with the team ultimately and i i'm not a skokich supporter but he's he's a symptom of the disease that is iran soccer and unfortunately for us If you look at I think it's like Abraham Lincoln who says give me 6 hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first 4 hours sharpening the saw. We probably spend 2 to 3 minutes sharpening the saw before heading into major tournaments tournaments like this. And it's it's sadly not just the coaching. I mean if you look, if you look at now the way science and even small small teams 
look at injury analysis, recovery from games, scouting. If we don't have any of this stuff heading into, you know, against teams like the U.S., England, where literally have a giant support staff supported uh, and ready to handle these things, we are uh, kind of asking a little bit more than we're capable of doing. I think what worries me the most about Skokic is from a tactical standpoint, again, we really don't have an identity with him. And even a team like Germany, who I don't know if you guys have been following them, they went from having really poor results in the World Cup when they kind of wore out their uh, coach more recently. And then the second they got um, Hansi Flick, who is, I think, former Bayern Munich manager to take over, they've had amazing results because he changed the tactics and also invited some new players. So we can't blame it all on the preparation. And uh, I think... Again, we rely on this kind of what Iranian where we just show up and hope that we can squeak out a result like we did against Australia with our backs against the wall. But when it comes to um, tournaments like this, especially especially against the teams that we're matched up against, you know, I think against a team like Costa Rica, New Zealand, maybe because they may they may kind of have similar preparation or lack of resources like we do. But unfortunately, the group that we're in with England, Wales, and the U.S. probably scares me the most. Having watched them play, I watched them play uh, live in, in Mexico City. They create matchup problems that are very, very scary for a slow team melee. But, I mean, ultimately, we're going to be optimistic. And um, hopefully, we can rely on some of the raw talent that we have, which is what we've, we've done before. All right, next we have the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Mash Saeed, a.k.a. Saeed, a.k.a. Kateb, uh, who has an interesting take on a potential domestic coach that could be helpful for Team Ellie in the World Cup. I did have one question I wanted to pose to the guys that follow the IPL a little better than me, maybe Mash Saeed. What do you think about coaches like Javad Nekunam or even Fahad Najidi that could take the reins if they finally fire coaches? Yeah, you know, I was going to throw his name out there. Someone said, who we're going to replace Eskocic with. I think Javad Nekunam would be a perfect candidate because he's a defensive-minded coach. And we need a defensive-minded coach against these three giants we're going to play. And players respect Nekunam. For that being said, Javad Nekunam is my second Iranian coach. If I have to pick an Iranian coach, I know you guys are not going to like this, but I'm going to go with Amir Aranoy. Oh, my God, bro. Yeah. Come on. Because, oh. Yeah, I'm going to go because, you know, the problem with our with our team elite coaches are we give them opportunity very fast when they're not ready. And they come in and fail, and that's it. They're forgotten, Bro. you know, and they never get a second chance. Galen no, no, is one of those guys that do deserve a second chance because since Why? 2007, he has become a different coach. He's more, he's, uh, all the players respect him, no, and don't. he will get results. Who discovered Sardar Osmond? I mean, you just say you don't. I want to put a question to you. Who discovered Sardar Osmond? Amir Galanoi. I mean, I just gave you, you know, 
Uh, I just give you. So if Amir Khan didn't discover Sardar, Sardar, you don't think Sardar would be Sardar? No, no, no. What I'm saying is, no. You said you said they don't respect him. I I just throw it out there. Okay, fine. Maybe I don't know whether they I don't know whether they respect him or not. They do. I think every Iranian player on that team respects Amir Okay, now let's go out to Ramin for his thoughts on on the Scotia situation. Well, one thing I don't understand is why the federation didn't come out come right out and 100% throw their support behind Skocic, right? I mean, what's the benefit of equivocating, leaving the door open to a change, undermining him like you like you discussed earlier? Um, there's like this perfect storm around the team now because, you know, you have the Federation not really supporting Skocic or being at least vague about it, um, Karosh being available, and then Skocic's results, um, especially the last two games with Korea and Algeria, They've created this like pretty avoidable shitstorm around the team. So yeah. now, and then sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but but Karish is not only available, he's flirting, he's flirting with Team Elia on Twitter and I'm on social media. Yeah, but, I, yeah, go ahead. I, that was, uh, I mean, you know, the the, the the timing was odd, but yeah, I think that his camp, I think that Karish's camp are waiting for the call. Um, I mean, in the end, I think everyone's upset, and and you know, there's a lot of heat on Scotch because we all know that Iran needs every advantage to have a fighting chance at the world cup. Um, and he, here you have a very inexperienced, you know, by international standards coach, who's just going to be happy to be in Qatar. Let's be honest, right. He's going to be happy to be there. He's going to build his resume. Worst case, as long as Iran doesn't get slaughtered, he's going to get some nice um, offer from a, from a golf, you know, one of these golf teams, club teams, and he'll be fine. So the whole experience is like watching a disaster slowly unfold. But then there's a silver bullet in Kairosh where you know that this coach who, I mean, it's, it's perfect, right? He's coached us. He knows us. The job is pretty attractive because even though it's Iran, even though they might not get paid on time, even though there will be drama, he has a straight shot to the World Cup. He doesn't have to go through Asian qualifying. He doesn't have to build any of that. So it's really hard to, to, to not think about Kairosh with all this that's happening. And I think until the Federation comes out, unequivocally and says we're backing Skocic or Karosh gets snapped up by the you know by the Egyptian Federation which looks like it might happen we're going to continue to have issues here and there's going to be a you know lack of harmony in the team which is is um is going to hurt us and next we have Shion same thing with what Ramin said it's like even if we do get a new coach at this time they got what five six months until the world cup what what more can they do I don't know. I don't know. I think we're already screwed. Like either, either if we get a new coach, <laughs> if we get CQ, if we get whoever, or if we sit with Sochish, I think we're already screwed. We're already, we're already deep knees deep in it. So I don't know what a new coach is going to do for us. It's going to make us happy, but is he really oh. going to have the time to succeed? And if he doesn't succeed, then it's on him probably. Right. So yeah kind of like we're in like a pickle right now they should have if they would have changed it would have been nice for them to do it like mid qualifiers like they were thinking about doing it before and finally we will go to junior for his thoughts junior I, i've seen you um on twitter a lot you you seem like a pro scotch guy i don't know if you want it's to not, <laughs> well put it this way i'm older than you guys and I'm thinking, it's, we want to fire him after one, one bad 45 minutes against Algeria, not two. 
I I watched that game um, live. I watched it once uh, from beginning to end again, and I watched the Arabic TV 13-minute highlights. Nobody can tell me we didn't play. We were we were not the better team in the second half. And all I'm saying is, if we're gonna fire him after that, well, we only got two more games, maybe three, before the World Cup. So we're gonna lose the next game, whoever we play. So are we gonna fire the next guy and fire the one after that? We, we, we this guy got us here. I mean, let's go back to where we were after we lost against um, Iraq and Bahrain. You know, when Shojai got sent off and everything. This guy got us here. This guy got the team mentally ready to go and win three in a row. And then he got us through the second second qualifying round. Yeah. Yeah, we, lo- we lost to Korea. Right. But that wasn't his fault that Abed Zadeh can, can be a, you know, can't stop a shot. Um, I just think Look. he's not, he, I, just, I just don't think he's as bad as everybody says. And of course he's not good. But to say fire him and get an Iranian coach, I mean, we are Iranian. We know what's going to happen if we get an Iranian coach. As soon as, as soon as somebody falls over, you know, because they got tackled, everything's oh, this coach got to go because somebody fell over because they got tackled. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Team Melly Radio. We host weekly Twitter Spaces where you can join in and, and be a part of. The- of the pod. So thanks again and see you next time.